Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to an athlete's journey, and this is part two with me and my friend Andrew. Like I said, my overseas guy, we we, we, we can go off on overseas tangents for about an hour. So um, we can start a whole other podcast. Yeah, like yeah. You talk about just overseas, overseas No, overseas tangents. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Just tell about real stories about overseas basketball. So like I said, he was he played in a couple countries, but like I said, uh he played in Israel for a long time. We, we were still on Israel the last time uh, you know, we, we cut it off. So definitely wanted to get back into that. Also wanted to get back into uh everything that you know like everything you're doing as far as like you know what you're doing now and everything like that so we'll, but we'll get back into your plan days so you spent your eight years in israel um what what would you say was your best year you know over there so i played in this um my best year overall was denmark because i had a super green light and that was a <laughs> that was important for me because i felt like Maybe I had one or two years like that in Israel where I'd like the super green light. And I always like put up good numbers when that happened. And and I felt like that year in Denmark was really fun for me because I kind of like proved to myself what I already knew in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was one year where I played in this small town um, near Egypt called Barry. And that was my best year. It was like in the middle of nowhere, but um, a lot of good times, a lot of great memories. And I just had more of a green light. And that year I actually came into the season halfway through. So I was in the saves for a little bit and I was really prepared. Like I was doing all my training. So I came in ready and okay. uh, I, I had a great year. He had a great year. Probably averaged like 20 points. It was oh, good. wow. It was, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the year in Denmark, if you averaged 20 in Israel, um, what was the year in Denmark? It was averaging like 30? Average 33, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, 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 th- now, this league is a little bit different from the European leagues that we're talking about with like the top score average is 20 and everything's real choppy. There was some talent there, but I would say it was a little less physical. There was athletic players there, but it was um a little more free flowing. Like the defense wasn't as designed like how you know in Europe to disrupt your rhythm. It was more mm-hmm. up and down. It was getting a lot of shots up. It was quicker paced. It wasn't really the old European style. It was kind of like a newer European mesh with maybe like a little bit of American style. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I guess maybe like how Canada probably is. I don't know. I never played in Canada, but that's the vibe I get. Like watching yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, I was 33. I took a lot of shots, bro. I was a lot of shots, man. I was, every, everything revolved around me. I was the only American on the team. Oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. We brought actually that team, we were pretty bad first half, and then second half we brought a kid from Italy and a kid from I think Bulgaria, and those two were pretty good. And we got better. We went five hundred through the second half of the season. I think we actually got our record up to five hundred, so that was an accomplishment in itself because we didn't have the talent of some of the other teams. We were a small club for that league, but great experience. Like lived in a small town, seven thousand people. There was one cop in the whole town, and he only came in for four hours a day, and then he left. So think about how. Think about how safe it was there. Like you know, <laughs> the, food, the food was good. The people were fun, had a lot of fun. 
Um, it was great, man. It was great. Yeah, that's cool. Like I said, that's the one, the one cop that comes up for four hours a day. That's insane. That's a crazy okay. story, right? That's yeah, crazy. yeah. That's I insane. mean, I mean, that, that's what they told me. I don't know if it was true. It seemed like it because I rarely saw a cop. I don't even. I don't know. I don't think I saw one cop. You know, <laughs> they would have to call him in, and something happened. Like, and what happened? It wouldn't be really anything bad. Like maybe some guy would be drunk in the street, and like they, you know, it was like it was no crime there, bro. It was like. Oasis. Oh, well that, yeah, that's cool. Like I said, yeah. like you know, for me, I don't. I've lived in a small city once, you know, but it was by American base in Germany. Oh, that uh, must have been fun, though. The yeah, parties, like, right? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, they, you know, like I didn't. The we wasn't like a, it wasn't that big of a city, so I didn't party at all. Plus, it was at right. the end of my career. I wasn't as big as a partier as as maybe I, I could have been. Like. I all I told my agent when I was younger, just give me a place where it's a big city. I mean, you know, like at least it's whatever half a million people or something. Uh, I, I need a, a workout gym, like a weight room. I needed a obviously basketball gym. I needed a big supermarket, and I needed a movie theater. So as long as I had those four things in a super in a in a, in a club. You know, like like somewhere I can now, go on that foot, bro. Yeah, yeah. You you sound like me, except yeah. except except maybe the movie theater. I, uh, maybe I wasn't as into movies as you are, but yeah. um, everything else. Like I used to talk to clubs about that. Like, can I get into a gym whenever I want? Like that was huge for me because yeah. I'm like I'm like a gym rat, bro. Like I I love the game. I I still work on my game even though I don't play uh basketball basketball anymore. Right? Like I play right, right, now, right. Yeah. but I still work on my game. So having a basketball court when I needed it and having a gym when I needed it was super important to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. For me, it was like, yeah, I, I just needed like a weight room gym, you know, yeah. than a regular gym. Yeah. I, I know like in Holland, we shared the gym, so you couldn't get in there. So like it might be soccer. That's how it and is. Then, yeah. And then they got like all the youth teams playing sometimes. Yeah, the youth like, teams. They got yeah. soccer. They got... You know, I, that's probably why I, my legs got messed up because we was on like one of those rubber cement courts. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like we had that for practice. Now we had a great home gym like when we played our games, but we had a rubber cement practice court. You know, so it wasn't like the best of the best. You know, so right, yeah, I um, yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway. Um, so after you play your years, uh, you know, you, you play in Denmark and then, you know, I was 33, which is insane. Um, what happens next? So I just I actually go back to Israel for a year. And I said, you know, in my Denmark year, like this is my last year before the season. But I had such a great year. I felt like I should continue playing. But then <laughs> once, once I got back to Israel, like it started to hit me like it's over bro like it, oh, head, okay. not not because not because my game left just because like i want to live in america in a lot of ways I did, <laughs> I, I did this for a long time you know um i wanted to be near my families mm-hmm. and uh my you know my network system that i've built for the first like 20 or so odd years and and um what i really wanted to do was be was do like play-by-play and color commentary. So I felt like the best way to do that was to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over the years, I fell in love with the actual art of interviewing others and having great conversations like how you do now. And I really just want to continue to build on that. So I would still do play-by-play and color commentary, of course, because, you know, they align with each other and I would do both. And I actually actually done some stuff on the Playback app, which is like 
an interactive digital way to do play by play. So I actually like reached my goal in, in some senses in that way, but I would love to do more of that. But I just fell in love with like the art of conversation and bringing stories out of people and analyzing the game and even analyzing, you know, NBA draft prospects. Like those are the things I love about what I do today now. And it all started with the podcast in 2017, which is coincides right when my career ended. Oh, okay. 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 So obviously how many years did you play overseas? I'd say 10 overall. There might've been like half a, half a gap year here or there, but 10 overall, you know? Yeah. Okay. So based on your experience, what would be the best advice for somebody like, for, you know, obviously yeah, we talked off the air about your son. You know, if your son was trying to go the same route that you did, what would be your best advice to him? Based that, on you have to, that you have to be open-minded because the countries that you're going to go to are nothing like the basketball or the life you live here. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you know, you're going to be playing a lot of basketball, but you're going to have to adjust off the court. And that's really important. And, you know, just dealing with people and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, there's going to be some isolation. So use your time wisely over there, right? Mm-hmm. Use your time mm-hmm. wisely. Don't waste your time. You know, read, go visit new places, visit other countries, do things. Don't just sit in your room and play 2K all day, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you do a lot of guys that did that. But, oh, um, man, like, can I tell you something really funny about that? Uh, like, obviously, 2K was big, but not, you know, as big as it is now. I, it, it was huge. It's just even more huge now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, I remember... NBA 2K when it was on Dreamcast, you know, so. Bro, yeah. I played 2K1. Yeah, exactly. I think, was, Iverson, I, was like, I think Iverson was on the cover. I was young, but I remember that. Yeah, like I said, like Dreamcast, it was a whole other level of, like, the game. I was like, this is way better than NBA Live. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, like, I had, uh, me and other American, we had every adventure game that took a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't remember. I remember when Grand Theft Auto came out, like the third one, right? Fire. Yeah, and like it didn't do didn't even speak. You know what I'm saying? But like you, I, I literally completed 100 percent of the game. You know, like, and that shit was that shit took time, bro. That's what I'm saying. So side missions, all that stuff. I, I and then also you're going out, you're going on rampages in the meantime. Yeah. And sometimes I went to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel like let me just steal a car or try to get an FBI car or get to a certain five stars and then you know what I'm saying? Like I was that, I was I was doing that all the time. That was a yeah, once you got the five stars, it was pretty much over. But uh um, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um that game was crazy, bro. Yeah, so that so like I had all the event like whatever adventure game will come out, I'll get it. Like that took a long time, like Zelda. Right. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had that. And like I said, I, I played a lot of college, NCAA college football. So I would be on, you know, year 27 playing college football, creating my own schedule, recruiting, all that stuff. I took it very serious. Um, so, yeah, I think that I, that was one of my biggest regrets was that I didn't necessarily see. I saw city part of the cities I was in, but, like, I didn't see enough where I felt like I was – I should have been going out more, you know. I should have done more too. I should have done more too. I remember yeah. like one year I went to like the U I went to England while I was in Denmark, which was great. Um, but I should have done more of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Like I said, I I mean I've I've been to Spain, Italy, France, Germany, you know, all you know, all these places, but I didn't go out a lot in those places when we would play, you know. Exactly. Like I, 
My mom used to always say that you were a lot of places, but you were just going gym to gym. Yeah, seriously. And that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. So right. obviously we talked about it when you went to Israel. You kind of knew when it was time to hang up, right? Now, what was your journey like after, like when you retired? Yeah, it, it felt like there was a lot of time again, right? Because you don't know quite what you're going to do. And yeah, I was podcasting, but I wasn't doing it at the level that I do now. And it didn't take up as much time. Right. So, yeah, honestly, I was like, you know, working with basketball players, working on their game, helping them out. But I was kind of like in the same mode of um, working on my own game because it's all and I didn't think I was going to do that. But like, it's all I knew. So it's Mm -hmm. like I just continue to work on my game hoop in the city. And, um, you know, I trained players and then the podcast developed to a point where now it's you know i feel like i'm more of a professional now so that's kind of the direction i went in you know what i mean so mm-hmm, just kept mm-hmm. building on that over the years and, okay uh, doing more media now so yeah it kind of like there was a lot of free time like as a, and then obviously i had my son so that's everything and then, no, of course of course yeah so yeah that's pretty much what it is <laughs> 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 all right well i do have another one uh what was the best thing about being overseas you know in your opinion for the fact that you know over your 10 years overseas learning a different way to play basketball because i'm a basketball guy just getting that perspective of european basketball in a way that many others don't have the opportunity to get even those that play in the nba for 10 years right their perspective is very americanized when it comes to the game and I feel like they play with a special feel, unique and unique cadence mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that American players don't play with. So I think just having that basketball perspective helps me analyze the game now as a podcaster and basketball analyst that I wouldn't have been able to if I never had that experience. So I grew up seeing all the street ball stuff, mm-hmm. which I often leave out of my story. Like, I, you know, I played at Rucker Park and Dykeman and all those tournaments, which is a totally different style of basketball than anywhere else. Right. Um, and then you know, college, Juco, then minor leagues in the, you know, professionally, and then like the ABA and then overseas, I just, it gave me a different perspective about the game on a non-basketball standpoint. It taught me about different kinds of food because I love to eat. So it's like, <laughs> I probably, I, I probably never would have tried falafel, right? If I, <laughs> I never would have tried falafel if I never went to Israel. So I wouldn't have traded for the world, you know? No, no, there's some things I did try. Like in Holland, they they did like a mix of uh they did fries, French fries, and mayonnaise. Hot mayonnaise. Actually, like I like well, I don't eat French fries often, to be honest, but I love French fries, even though I don't eat them often, and I love mayo. So that yeah. that mix doesn't seem bad. Yeah, no, dude. It, it's I thought it was like gross, you know, my first year. I mean, your arteries are saying gross. If you eat that shit too much, but yeah, yeah. But like they like they eat it like after the club. They were it was like a like a fried falafel spot, but like everybody just went there for the fries and the mayonnaise off <laughs> the chain. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, after the club, it's gonna taste even better, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So like that was. A, You're making uh, me hungry, thing. bro. Made, I, I, all, all I had, all that was a banana this whole morning. You make, I gotta go eat now, man. Hey, right, right. No, no, that's pretty much. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Like that was a big thing uh, in Holland. Uh, obviously, Germany had beer and they had sausage. Um, you know, I was big. Like, I, I can't remember all the foods of different countries. But the the first time I went to Bogota, Colombia, 
when I was, you know, that was Spanish league. And uh, they served me fish with the eyeballs looking at me. And I well, said, you know, part of my family, on my mom, on my, you know, my wife's side of my family is um, Jamaican. So I've seen that. Oh, yeah. See, I, that was the first time I ever saw it. And I looked at them like, I, I don't know what to say to this. I can't eat this. I can't eat. I, I was all right with it, bro. Fish. I, I was all right with it, bro. You just got to tell them, cut, just cut that part off and eat it. No, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I couldn't. I couldn't. So from the funny so that, thing is, so so the heights and the eyes of the two no-nos. Yeah, know? like like the, it's like the dude is like looking at me eating his, you know, eating his stomach. Like, hey, yeah, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, you know, like, oh god, no, they were, and they were like the, the Colombian dudes is like mess. They were like killing it. I'm like, oh god. I said that's what I learned the pollo, pollo, pollo. You know, all the time. So like, everybody would have the fish or whatever, any kind of meat. I'll just have chicken. Me and the other Americans just have chicken every single dinner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I knew, I knew I knew other Americans like that too. Like they would like find like that one American fast food spot and just eat there. <laughs> fucking eat there like crazy. Hey, they don't give a- hey, 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 I did that my first year. I didn't know how to cook overseas. I ate I actually yeah. I actually cooked overseas and I never cooked here ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and, but I when I got overseas, I started cooking. Yeah. Well my, I had to learn that my second year, my first year I ate. You know, in Holland, they had a Burger King. So Burger King, McDonald's, I ate that every day. You know, like just because. And you used to hoop like that? Like you were fine. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously back then I was 23 years old. So, you know, or yeah, I was 23. So like that was, I would eat, you know, like there was a chicken spot before every game, like fried chicken and fries. Um, That was my pregame meal. And like after practice, we would go to Burger King like every day or McDonald's, you know, eat one of the two. So. Yeah, that that year, I, and that now I'm I'm sick of McDonald's. I don't eat it, you know. But uh, then I was, you know, we would have to stop at McDonald's after every away game coming back home on the bus. So yeah, for that, for that year, oh gosh, yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, man, that's that's tough. That's tough on the body, but you know, who knows, <laughs> man? Who knows? Like those, they say like Italians, they like. They they eat a lot of well they eat a lot of good food but they eat a yeah. lot of pasta but yeah, a lot of you know, pasta. they'll be they'll be they'll be like smoking cigarettes and like that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the number one thing that kills you and they live pretty long lives who knows man who knows <laughs> oh dude Italian like my boy played in Italy and uh, had people that visited there like they have breaks dude like that that's why they they yeah no so I visited a friend that played in Italy and they would just walk through the streets for four hours yeah because they uh, he said that like people will go to lunch. Like from twelve to like four. The bank 12. is closed. Like from everything, like everything. The middle of the day. What? The yeah, heck? that yeah. used to be like that in Israel. Like three hours during the middle of the day, no bank. What is this? <laughs> exactly, because they would they would take their they would go home, they would eat, they would take a nap. You know what I'm saying? Like they would like they they took that rest very seriously. Right. And I was when I was in Holland, man. Like dudes would just be out two in the afternoon drinking those little little ass uh, coffee. Yeah, 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 man. So yeah. Well, like I said, I want to say thank you, Drew, man. You know, I got one more question for you that I always ask everybody. For sure. And then we'll we'll be out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. This is great. Oh, man, this is cool. Like I said, I know we're going off on a tangent, people. Uh, You know, so if you're listening, I appreciate it. The overseas tangent edition. Yeah, exactly. You just talk about everything that used to happen overseas. Um, at one point in our career, you know, we have like low points, you know what I'm saying, in our life or overseas or whatever the case is. 
how did you get out of that low point? Uh, did you use like yourself? Did you use God? Did you use your family? Did you use all of the above? How did you get at that low point that you were at in your life? Probably, I mean, it was the point where a team wasn't paying me. Um, and I had to leave the situation and I was going through like overseas court in a way, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I was really a, like, you know, when you're overseas, you're alone. Yeah. So I kind of like, I cut ties with the team and then like things got kind of crazy and really I didn't reach out to anybody. I just handled it. I kind of like toughed it out in a way. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it's like, I started just trying to figure out like, what's the next move. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think like with anything in life, and that's not the worst situation that could happen to anybody. There's people going through a lot worse than that. Right. I mean, my dad passed away. Like I've been through worse things than that, even though he lived a long life and everything. But I think whenever you handle adversity, you just gotta like, some things are out of your control and you have to keep on going. Um, and it only makes you stronger. I know these all sounds like cliches, but what's the alternative to like, just look at yourself and feel sorry for yourself. You know, it's like, you just got to figure out what's next. How am I going to make myself better? How am I going to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, Ryan Holiday wrote a book, you know, the obstacle is the way. So sometimes these challenges could make you even better. And that challenge made me better. I went to the next team and things were rolling, had a great season. And, you know, I figured it out. So, yeah, that's how I dealt with it. I don't think I reached out to a lot of people. Like, I always have my mom to talk to. But in Israel, there wasn't a lot of people to talk to. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I guess my agent. Um, But. It wasn't a lot, you know? No, no. Yeah, my phone bill was always like a thousand bucks a month. Luckily for me, uh, the team would pay for it. So, yeah. I was <laughs> I was, I was, was always calling home. Well, we had Skype and stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't know whatever you were in. <laughs> no, no. Um, like Skype, I was in Estonia when Skype first came out. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it, it was based out of Estonia. Because it, it was like free pretty much if you went Skype to Skype. I yeah, that. Like, but who has Skype in the States? You know what I'm saying? That's true. That, you know you got to make them download that. Yeah, crap. you got to make them. Yeah. yeah. My, my my parents are wonderful people, but back then it was not the most computer savvy, uh, yeah, yeah, you want to yeah, say. Yeah. So I definitely used to have like those cards that you could call people on. That was. Yeah, uh, I, I had it on my phone. I would just add like 50 euros, you know, 100, you know, I would have like four or 500 euros yeah. on my. And you, and you would talk phone. to your parents, right? Or talk to people. Yeah. 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 Talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I got I got a, a landline once and then I unplugged it because my ex would just blow up my phone if I didn't answer the phone. So like I just took it out. But yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> podcast. So yeah. Um, but like I said, please let the people know where they can find you and you know your show and everything. Obviously, he is on the Believe Network as the same as me, but let everybody know they can find you on social media and all yeah, that. Yeah, that podcast, um, it's been active for a while, I guess, because the season started, uh, ended with the magic, but that's Believe in Magic. That's one place. But I'm constantly posting on my podcast feed, Combos Court, mm-hmm. uh, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. I post a lot on um, IG, one, two, combo, O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, Combos Court on Twitter, Andrew Salop on LinkedIn. But, you know, yeah. You know, I think Instagram is a great way to find me. You want to reach out, chop it up. Uh, one, two combo, O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Thanks so much for having me on, Trav. Um, this was great, man. No, like I said, Drew, man, I appreciate you. You're a good dude, man. Like I said, we can, I, you know, you're the type of dude I can do them talking to you for like two days straight about just everything that was going on, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had a great time. I realized, like, me and my mom always had an innate ability to tell who's a good person in a short amount of time. I wouldn't recommend everybody trying to do that because 
you know, you might not have my, uh, <laughs> not to be narcissistic, but I, I'm pretty good at reading people. And I, I can read right away that, you, you know, great dude in the short amount of time that I met you. So, you know, it's really good. It was really good talking to you in Vegas. It was really great talking to you here. And maybe I come to Cali one day. We chop it up in person. Yeah, so, man, for sure, so, man. Like I said. You show me around um Cali. We do like a podcast tour. We get some yeah, guests. Definitely, you know I mean? man. Like, yeah, Cause yeah. I, I want I definitely want like I did two podcasts in Vegas and I definitely want to do more traveling pods. Like go out here, get a studio, we chop it up, get great content, you know? Like that's oh, what man, I want to do. Yeah, dude. Like you had to show me how you did it because like I was like, that's <laughs> something that I, I you know. I've been doing the like the Zoom thing for a minute, you know, since uh, you know, right after the pandemic, because ain't nobody, you know. Ain't nobody coming in studio no more. So <laughs> like yeah, everybody just doing yeah, this too. Exactly. I was doing some in-studio stuff and that, that the pandemic kind of like brought me back here, but you don't want to get too comfortable. I feel like it's like the virtual stuff like this is is one thing. Then you want to get to in-person and then eventually live shows, right? Like that should be like the progression as a podcaster. And then podcasts could lead to so many different opportunities. Like I've done TV commercials because I it wasn't exactly from the podcast, but you get like these indirect opportunities through podcasting as well that you wouldn't even think about. Yeah, that, yeah, it's just, you know, it's the same. Looking for like obviously sponsorships and things like that, you know, same brand sponsorships. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram. Uh, that's R-E-E-D, uh, Travis W., uh, Travis W. Reed on Facebook and yeah, Travis, uh, Travis Reed on uh, LinkedIn too. I'm on there too. So, uh, and Travis Reed, uh, UCLA on Twitter. Uh, I've really, you know, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it as much. I just post about it, you know, so I'll, I'll be, but I'll post shows or whatever the case. Best way to find me, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, so just hit me up anytime. Like I said, if you're looking for that Travis Reed athlete's journey merch, I am wearing it right now. Just hit me up. I will send you a shirt. I got to get some more, actually, you know, uh, some more double X's. You know, all those ran out first. So, yeah, follow me. Like I said, on Travis Reed Instagram and uh, Travis Reed Facebook. And like I said, I have Believe in UCLA on, on Believe Network. Obviously, an athlete's journey. And even the He Said, She Said show. So, on those, all right. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.